Henry's Christmas List. Please, Santa, could you A. Expand Valerie from the face of the earth B. Send peers on a three-year sabbatical C. Abolish Christmas D. Fulfill all the above whilst at the same time securing me a real acting job. Thanks. I've posted the letter up the chimney and am now terminally bad-tempered. Hurrah for Christmas! The season devoted to loving one another when actually I despise nearly the whole of humanity. When the Western world is engaged in its annual binge of enforced jollity, superficial family harmony and alcohol-fueled bonhomie. When we are assailed by the cynical consumerist riot of chintzy marketing, Muzak, coloured lights and tinsel. When, because we have sent no Christmas cards this year, even the arrival of the lunchtime postie triggers a gloomy anticipation of guilt as we open yet another glitter-spangled image of a teddy in a Santa hat from a distant relative or ex-friend saying, we really must meet up in the new year. Have Valerie and Piers done this to me? I used to be such a happy-go-lucky chap in the old days, a positively chirpy Christmas elf. I am more resentful even than usual because I have abandoned the womb-like comfort of my cottage and dragged myself into downtown Bridlington on a dark grey Sunday afternoon. It has somehow come to light that I am, or was in my heyday, a grade eight French horn player, and I have been obliged to root under my desk and pull out the dusty urinal-shaped case containing my old instrument of torture. For the benefit of the specialists amongst us, the Horn is a British-built Paxman Series 2, endowed with the Merriweather system, about which there is little to say, except that after a decade of neglect it needs oiling. I have already worn out my lip warming the damn thing up, and have received impassioned phone calls from neighbours begging me to desist. But why do I have the bitter taste of brass in my mouth? Because I am to perform at Piers' second most important marketing and self-aggrandizement event of the school year, the Christmas Carol Concert. Like Speech Day, this is a three-line whip event, and one's absence would jeopardise the receipt of Piers' Christmas gift to the staff, a Harrods limited-edition Christmas pudding with brandy butter. Last year, two of my colleagues failed to materialise in the church and were deprived of a lavish Marks and Spencer's presentation bottle of champagne nestling in a blue silk-lined box. I shell out vast amounts of cash to park the car, grab my horn and head for the church of St Bartholomew, surprised that our empire-building headmaster hasn't already had it reconsecrated as St Piers over the hill. I can just make out the silhouette of the tower 200 yards away when a distant but horribly familiar screech reaches my ears. Heard but unseen in the gloaming, members of the bagpipe band are warming up amongst the tombstones. Momentarily unhinged by the noise, a suicidal seagull plummets earthwards and is impaled upon the iron railings of a family tomb. Monica, the local bag lady, is dislodged from her roost in the south porch, and skitters screaming through the lich gate before throwing herself fatally under oncoming traffic. Shouts of bewilderment and horror, lights flicking on in tall Georgian houses overlooking the churchyard, doors opening a crack, sawn-off shotgun barrels pointed out, volleys of bullets fired wildly and indiscriminately into the night. At the west door, drummers beat a tattoo as I join members of the congregation and enter the church. We are ceremonially greeted by a daunting double phalanx of gowned prefects, all desperate to show deference to peers by fervently shaking our hands.
And there he is at the top of the stairs in his full regalia, double ermine hooded gown flowing down his back over what look like vicar's robes. He lifts the latter a few enticing inches. Wouldn't you like to know what I'm wearing underneath this lot, Mr. Robson? He smirks conspiratorially. <laughs>